Good morning. I am so happy that you could join us for this short session of worship. And I'm going to ask you to do something. If there is somebody else in your home, invite them to come to your living room or wherever you are. Uh, or I'll just give you a moment to grab your cell phone or shoot an email and uh, send them to Facebook Live to join us for this morning service here. All right, so I'll wait. I'll give you a few minutes while you call some friends using whatever means you have available to you, and we're going to spend some time together. How about that?
Citadel Inc. I-N-C. If you want to visit us at our website, the website location is the Citadel, the number four, R-E-A-L. That's the email actually. The Citadel website, I, I beg your pardon, it's thecitadelhq.com. Thecitadelhq.com. www.thecitadelhq.com. Website. If you want to email us, and we do encourage you to email us with your comments, your concerns, your prayer requests, the email address is thecitadel4real, R-E-A-L, at gmail.com. So that's the citadel for real at gmail.com. Of course, when you go to our website, you will find links to other locations, um, social media-wise, like Instagram, Anchor, FM. But again, we're so happy that uh, you have chosen to join us. And on behalf of my wife, the dear Rosalie, all the members and supporters of the Citadel who are here, though not physically with us, I know they are online. Hello to Deacon Thompson, his dear wife, Deacon Roxborough, and his dear wife saying hello to Marcia and to, to Jay and i know that beverly is watching i am confident that my brothers and sisters all of them from monica down is watching us and so while we worship this morning be in prayer for everybody be in prayer especially for those who are in the the, the hot zone the hot spots of this uh problem causing uh sickness uh, this corona so we remember our my nieces and nephews. In fact, I ask you to remember my sons over there in New York and New Jersey, Lauren and Lincoln. Uh, they're doing well, but we pray for them. And I have um, some nieces, uh, and uh, especially Tanya over there in uh, New York as well. I remember all of you. Fury, if you're watching, and uh, Ozzy over there in New York, uh, we're praying for you there. Those in Washington, we are also praying for you. And of course, all over Florida, you know we are praying for you, and all over these United States. Mm -hmm. And we are also remembering our friends who are, who are tuning in online as well, like the O'Connors, the Ernachis, uh, Michael in, in the UK, and uh, all the others. We just, wherever you are in the world this morning, our concern and our prayers are with you, that the God of all ages will strengthen, protect, heal, and deliver.
you have your Bibles or your phones with you, we're going to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through to 11. St. Matthew 21, verse 1, reading all the way through to 11. Maybe I should ask my dear wife to read. Okay. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill that which was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Here ends the reading of God's holy scriptures. I pray you are blessed this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's Palm Sunday. But the marketplace is empty. It's as if there's no more traffic in the street. All the builders' tools are silent. It seems as if there is no more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives seem to cease their labors. In the courtroom, it's as if there is no debate. Life on earth is now suspended, it seems. The whole world, it seems. Could it be that the king is about to come through the gate? And that portion of scripture just read to you so ably by my dear wife. The throne is set for celebration, and yes, it is Palm Sunday. Surely we should be out in the streets because in the calendar of the Jesus followers, that's what will be done right now all, all over the world. But let me set the background for the message that the Lord has given to me to share with you. And the topic for it is getting back to business. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. So after that triumphal entry, 
Jesus entered the temple. If you know the story very well, he overturned the money changers and chided those who seem to have been making the house of God seem like a den of thieves rather than a house of prayer. But in that same scene, little children were shouting, Hosanna in the highest. And if you look at verse 17 of that chapter that was just read, St. Matthew chapter 21, you would see that shortly after Jesus left that scene, left the temple and went to Bethany where he spent the night. And I'm just setting the background as we try to get back to business. And you remember the story the next morning, he got up, he was hungry and he needed some breakfast. He looked to a fig tree for help, but there was no food on it. And so he cast a spell on that fig tree and it died. Marveled, so the disciples were. And they were asking him, how could that be? And just in passing, remember Jesus said to them, if you have faith, like a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to be removed and it will obey you. As I set the stage this morning, I want to say to you that each person here, each person there, every person all over the world, you have been given a measure of faith. I encourage you to use your faith and use it wisely. So, of course, continuing the journey the morning after the triumphal entry, he went back into the temple. And it was there in the temple that the religious people, when they saw all the marvelous things that he was doing, they questioned his authority to do all these things, healing people. And he responded to them with a double barrel question. He said to them, the anointing of John, meaning John the Baptist, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or was it of human origin? The naysayers, they couldn't answer that question because they would tie themselves up. So that takes me into what the Lord has given me to share with us this morning. It's a simple story. And the topic is getting back to business. Now let me share this story with you. And it's from the same chapter, Matthew 21, verses 28 through to 32. I am going to share it from the New International Version. Here is Yeshua himself speaking. What do you think? Who had two sons? He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in my vineyard. I will, he answered. But he later changed his mind. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? That's a no-brainer. It's a rhetorical question. You know the answer. Which of the two did what the father wanted? And they responded. The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, 
They are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you, religious people. <laughs> For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you religious people, you scribes, you Pharisees, you quote-unquote churchy people, you religious people, you zealous ones, you did not believe. You did not believe him. This ends the story, but I want to focus on the two sons. One said, Daddy, I'm not going to go, but then he changed his mind. The other one said, I'm going, but then he didn't. It's clear which obey the Father. Here we are in this situation all over the world. Everybody wants to get back to business. Presidents want to get back to business. Prime ministers want to get back to business. Uh, nurses, teachers, lawyers, doctors, farmers, everyone wants to get back to business. And I dare say business as usual. But the world is at a standstill. Of course the world has seen scenarios such as these before. Sure, diseases have ravaged the world before. Spanish flu, swine flu, bird flu, you just name it. Catastrophes have come before. Earthquakes, famine, pestilences of all sorts, types and description have ravaged, ravaged the world before. So may I say to you this morning, this too shall come to pass. And leaders are saying that, rightly so, this too shall come to pass. So what is the problem? This is the problem. Every time there is a catastrophe, every time there is a destructive force that has been unleashed on humanity, whether it's the World Trade Center, whether it's famine, whether it's flood, whether it's war, whether it's crime, whatever it is, sure enough, we are not to give up. We are supposed to build and get back to business. So what's the problem? May I suggest to you, may I be clear to you that this is the problem. Leaders have always sought to rebuild and go back to business as usual. They go back to business as usual and they succeed usually to a certain point. They succeed until the next malady comes along, until the next pandemic comes along until the next situation that causes a mayhem comes along. Then they are back to square one where they seek to get back to business again. So, what am I trying to say? Here is what I'm saying to you. In man's effort to get back to business as usual, more often than not, most time they leave out the main ingredient. The main ingredient is left out. And what is that? I am glad you ask me. What is left out when man seeks to get back to business? Rebuild again. Find the cure. Find the answer. Build more solid structure. Save a little more money in the bank. Plant the crops differently. Set up different irrigation schemes. Come up with new ways of making food more sustainable to resist. What is it that they are missing? The main ingredient 
Listen carefully for I shall repeat it. The main ingredient that they have always left out, it seems, is obedience to God. Obedience to God. You will hear man say, I am the only one who can fix it. I will fix it and we'll get bigger and better again. We will rebuild the city. We will rebuild this country. We will bounce back. And you will see prosperity that you have never seen before. I can do it. We can do it. This is America. This is the greatest country on earth. Or this is whatever country, whatever. We can do it. How often do they pause to say, okay, let me seek the God of all ages. And let me have him lead me so I can lead my people as we rebuild for this too shall pass, and we want to get back to business. How often do that do? Do they do that? May I suggest to you that we are disobedient. Leaders are disobedient, and don't make the mistake that when I of thinking that when I say leaders, I'm just talking about political leaders. No, church leaders, we have been guilty too, perhaps more guilty than anyone else. For some of us, we have used. The name of Christ as an excuse to get more money, to build more structures, to get huge airplanes more than we can need, the most expensive cars. And we do so on the backs of people's offering people who can barely afford it. Are you saying that, Pastor Floyd? Yes, I am. And some people will not like it. Am I saying that people should not prosper? No, I am not saying that. But I am saying that prosperity that is derived from oppressing others or misappropriating God's fun is a quotation for disaster. And so may I speak to leaders who are in the realm of Christendom, the, the, those who say that we are Christ's followers. If our emphasis is more on money and on things, then we are, we are serving another God. We are serving the God of Mammon. And the God who made the heavens and earth is not a backseat. We are worshiping idols. The main ingredient is obedience. We could sing till judgment come. I could shout. I could speak in tongues. I could do signs and miracles in his name. I can do all of that. If at the end of the day I am not obeying, I am not worshiping, I am sinning. The greatest act of worship is obedience. The greatest act of worship is obedience. And let me borrow a statement from the good book. The one that so many people are putting on the back burner, yet there are so many versions of it out. Let me quote something. Does the Lord delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. This was Samuel speaking to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verses 22 and 23. And at the end of that statement by the great prophet of long ago, Samuel, this is how he concluded when he spoke to, to the king. He said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, in other words, because you're disobeying, 
he has rejected you as king. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you reject God, the nation, the family, the business, the entity that rejects God, understand that you automatically force yourself into rejection. Not that he has rejected you, but you have rejected him. So may I invite you this morning to come to him again or to come to him for the first time. You could say to him, Lord, I know I have sinned. I am asking you to forgive me of all the wrong things. Forgive me for not obeying you. Forgive me for compromising and giving my own excuses instead of obeying you. Forgive me, I ask, oh God. And if you're doing it for the first time or the second time or for the first time in a real way, say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, come into my mind, come into my spirit. I am accepting you as Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I purpose to obey you. I will read your word. I will read your word and I will obey you. Help me so to do. I pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer just now, it means you have made a decision and it's a great one. Tell somebody about it. A friend, a neighbor. Grab your Bible. Read it at least once a day. I suggest that you start in the New Testament. It's easier to follow. The book of Mark is my favorite starting chapter. Start to read that. And if you are very familiar, if you have recommitted yourself today and you want some strength, so you want to understand some more of what the power of the presence of God can do in your life, may I suggest you go to the New Testament and start reading the book of Acts. Just read it. And my prayer for you today is that the glory of God will overshadow you. His air of purification will come upon you. And if any disease come nigh you, it shall not take you out. But you shall be healed. I pray this very moment that even if you are not a Christ follower, even if you are not what people call a Christian, but you believe that there is a God who is above all else who made the universe, that if you call out to him today, he will heal you. I am asking you so to do. Don't be religious this time. Say, Lord, I need your help. Yes, Lord. Come into my situation and heal me. Yes, Lord. And I'm challenging you. That if you are sick and you really believe, if you exercise that faith which we spoke about at the start of this program, God will come through and deliver you like he has done so many times. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. And even as you are there, don't rush away. Stay, stay, stay a moment. There's something I want to tell you. I want to tell you that God knows your name. You may be in a hospital setting this morning. 
but he knows your name. He knows your every thought. He sees every tear that you cry. And yes, he will hear you when you call. I have a maker He formed my heart Before even time began My life was in His hands This is what I want to tell you now consistent with a lot of the natural suggestions that have been made to fight off, to ward off, or to cure this corona malady. I have been practicing most of them. 
So I feel it's worth sharing. And so I want you to pay careful attention. And if you didn't get all of what I have to say, email us at the citadel, the number four, R-E-A-L at gmail.com and I will forward it to you. Because most of the medicines that we take these days, they have some side effects. How about something that has no side effect and natural? The cure for COVID-19 virus or the way to eliminate it was achieved, they say, by this method. It's not being promoted because there's no drugs to sell you. The information I'm about to share comes from Israel. By the way, do you hear of any coronavirus ravaging the land of Israel? Hello? The information comes from there where this virus did not cause any death. The recipe is simple. Lemon, one, two, bicarbonate. I repeat, lemon, two, bicarbonate. Mix and drink as hot tea every afternoon. The action of the lemon with hotter baking soda immediately kills the virus, completely eliminates it from the body. I should repeat that slowly. Mix the lemon and the bicarbonate. Make a hot tea with it. Do it every afternoon. The action of the lemon with hotter baking soda immediately kills the virus, completely eliminating it from the body. These two components alkalized the immune system. Since when night falls, the system becomes acidic and defenses fall or defenses lower in the night when you sleep. That is why the people of Israel are relaxed about this virus. The people of Israel. The people of Israel are more relaxed about this virus. Everyone in Israel drinks a cup of hot water with lemon and a little baking soda at night. As this prevents or this has proven to kill the virus. I share it with all my family and friends so that none of us gets the virus or should I put it this other way so that none of us the virus gets none of us I am asking you to share this to pass it along this is to inform us all that pH for coronavirus varies from 5.5 to 8.5 this has been researched and I'm just going to give you some added bonus, added points, added information. All we need to do to beat coronavirus, we need to take more of an alkaline food. Foods that are more alkaline in nature, that are above the pH level of the virus. Would you like me to give you some examples of such food? Sure. Lemon has 9.9 pH. 
lime 8.2 pH. Avocado, give me some avocado, 15.6 pH. Garlic, 13.2 pH. Mango, 8.7 pH. Tangerine, 8.5. Pineapple, 12.7. Dandelion, 22.7 pH. Orange, 9.2. How do you know that you have the coronavirus? This is simple. I don't know why people have made it so complicated. Itching in the throat. Dry throat. Dry cough. So where you notice these three things, quickly take warm water and drink your good health drink. This should be your priority. This information I give to you because I have received it at no cost. You want more tea? Look for the lemongrass. That's what they call it in the United States. People of the islands, we call it fever grass. In China, they are drinking that three times a day. I hear that they have turned the corner. One of the problems we have, and I preached a series of messages at the Citadel towards the end of last year, was that we place too much attention to the people who treat rather than those who seek to cure. Any health system that seeks to provide cure and to emphasize prevention is a good health system. Medicine is not medicine unless it cures you or it helps the body to cure itself. So remember these food, lemon, lime, avocado, garlic, mango, tangerine, pineapple, dandelion, orange, just to name a few. Eat natural. And may I suggest that if you can avoid the dairy products for a while, preferably avoid meat for a while, until this is passed. I'm doing that. I am confident it will help you. If this program has been a blessing, please share with others. Tell others about it. Join us on Tuesday evening at 7.30, right here for another inspiring session. And if you want to contribute to support this ministry, there's a link at the bottom of your screen, and it's also found on the citadelhq.com website. You, your contribution is welcome so that we can continue this ministry of serving our community and reaching out to other nations long after this is ended. He knows your name. Get back to business with God. Don't get back to business as usual. Get back to business with God. Have a victorious week.